I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, time for your mailbag questions this week. All answers guaranteed to be 100% correct or your money back. So let's get started. Lots of questions on the bucks, the lightning, even some rays. Let's go. All right, so Les had uh, tweeted us. Says Rick, seems like no one, including the Bucks, wants Kyle Trask to be the starter next year. If that's the case, was it a waste of a second round pick? Seems like we could have used that pick for someone who could have contributed more last season. Um, it's a great question. I don't know that no one wants him to be. I, I would say that they would be thrilled if he turned out to be the starter, but that would mean um, that he would have an unbelievable off season, an even better training camp, a great preseason, and just basically win the job. Uh, they would be thrilled if that happened. I just think that their projection is he's not ready yet. And and quite frankly, they don't know, okay, because the intent in drafting him was to do exactly what happened. They already had Tom Brady. So barring an injury, he wasn't even going to get a uniform, and he didn't. He was inactive for, you know, 17 straight games in the regular season and then the two games in the postseason. Never even got put a helmet on on the sideline. Um, his work was limited to – you know, before practice for about a half hour a day, a little bit of throwing after practice, didn't get many reps, if any. When he did, it was when Tom took a day off and he would be able to run scout team, uh, which is not the Bucks offense. It's the, the opposing team's offense. You're working off of cards. So very hard to kind of judge, you know, the progress of Kyle Trask, but that was always the plan. He changed his body a little bit. Um, he got a little bit leaner. He's, uh, you know, his mobility, his feet aren't as heavy. Uh, and but, but the fact of the matter is, until you get him out there in an NFL situation, not just preseason, but at some point he'll have to play, you don't know what you have. Um, but they have a pretty good idea. I mean, they did evaluate him before the draft. I, I just think that, you know, as far as a wasted draft pick, I know what the Bucks were thinking. They had looked down the road and said, okay, who are the quarterbacks coming out this year, next year, you know, so on. And they didn't know if Tom was going to give them one more season or maybe two. But they know that Trask has this history, whether it was high school and backing up Derek King or at the University of Florida backing up Felipe Franks, where he comes in with very little minimal expectations. He just works his butt off on the side. And then when he is put into the games and it's his turn, he, he excels. And so they thought, well, this is a perfect situation. Let's get a young guy in here who can learn behind Brady for at least a year, maybe two, because, again, they weren't sure whether Brady was going to play, uh, you know, in 2022. So, you know, what what an advantage for a young quarterback to see the greatest of all time, right, to be in that room. And so that was the thinking behind it. Could they have gotten a player that would have helped them? Absolutely. And you can question it. I think it's a legitimate uh, question. It, was it a wasted draft pick? We don't know. Um, but let's say, for example, that they'd have used that, that last pick of the second round on a wide receiver. Um, and we saw all the injuries they had. And let's, see, let's say the guy was a pretty damn good receiver. I don't have a name for you right now, but, but you, know, you could have used 
somebody like that to have helped you because of all the injuries you sustained. Um, same thing is true maybe uh, a little bit on you know defense. And What if it was a corner? You had all these this rash of injuries in the secondary. You were playing, you know, grabbing guys off the waiver wire to start them, um, including Richard Sherman and people like that. What if you'd have drafted a really good corner that could play right away in the second round? You know, that would have helped them win last year. I mean, you know, one more win gives them a first-round buy. You know, it gives them a first-round buy, and, you know, they got to win one game to go to the championship. So all those things are, you know, it's all hindsight, and that, that's why, you know, it's 2020, right? But I, I, think, I think we have to wait. I mean, we don't know what ta- Kyle Trask is. I mean, my, my thing on the upside, in my opinion – and we talked to Matt Baker about this yesterday, and he'd seen both quarterbacks. I think, I think Trask is upside, if he reaches it, might be like Mac Jones, you know, which as a rookie took his team to the playoffs. And I got hammered, but, you know, and he didn't play well the last part of the season. But he, he looks like a guy that can be an NFL quarterback and be consistent enough to, to keep you in, 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 you know, winning every year. Pocket passer. Now, Jones has a better arm. Um, and he's got a whole season ahead of Trask now in the NFL. So maybe Kyle never gets there. But but in my opinion, that's sort of what he could be. Um, and anything above that is gravy, in my opinion. But you know, we just we just don't know. So I, I think it's a it's a good debate. I think it's a good argument that you could say, well, they really could have helped themselves last year. Because if you're all in on Brady, right? If that's what this is all about, like we're gonna we're get, we're drafting guys to help Brady win right now. That quarterback position did not help Brady. It didn't. It was a wasted pick from that standpoint. Um, and now you're in a situation where you wish, right, that you had three number ones to give to Seattle or somebody and say, give us Russell Wilson, right? Um, you know, but the fact of the matter is you have a young quarterback who hasn't played. Then you have Robert who you could re-sign or another sort of middle-of-the-road guy because I, I don't think they're going to get Wilson. I don't think they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. I don't – I don't believe um, that the owners are going to sign off on Deshaun Watson. In fact, I've been told they won't. So what does that leave you? It leaves you, you know, Carson Wentz, not an upgrade. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't fit the offense. They have to run it 40 times a game. You know, so at least you have a quarterback um, that you can bring along and try to find that bridge guy. But it's, it's tough in the NFL to be in the middle. You know what I mean? Like your better teams either go young – and just ride it out with the young guy to see what he can be, okay? And it, it, if you don't have a good season, you win four or five games or three or four games, guess what? You're going to draft high the next year, and maybe you pick a quarterback, okay? Or, um, you, know, the worst thing that hap- you know, the worst thing that happens is that you, you take a middle-of-the-road veteran like a Teddy Bridgewater or like a Blaine Gabbert, and you win about six or seven games, and now you're not picking high enough to get a quarterback, and you pretty much wasted a year. You know, you had a good team, good football team, guys around him, but quarterback wasn't good enough, and you just kind of, you know, kind of scrounged around, won some games, lost some games, and like, okay, now you know, we're, we're, we're in where everybody else doesn't want to be, right? Looking for that quarterback that you can't find because you can't draft them because you didn't lose enough, and, you know, the guy you had isn't going to win enough games to ever get you anywhere. So it's, it's a weird place to be right now for the Bucks, and I don't know how they get out of it. I really don't. Short of... Never say Neverland, you know, with Tom Brady coming back. Um, and that, you know, that, that's a pipe dream right now. 
All right, Joe had emailed, and he had asked about if Kyle Trask was a wasted pick, but he also added, given the numbers of players that they ended up pulling off the street, shouldn't they have at least tried to pick up someone who could have helped them in the ultimate all-in year? Do you think this could have been a possible point of frustration with Tom Brady? He said, I've listened to sports talk radio since Herbert Mizell days, and you and Tom Jones are by far the best this area's had. Well, that's absolutely true. When I say these questions are answered 100% correct, then that the actual question was 100% correct. So thanks for that. Um, listen, I, I think that, that there could have been some frustration. I have not talked to Tom or really people, you know, friends of Tom or whoever is making the rounds these days. Tom Brady is an all-in right now kind of guy, you know, and, and at 44 years old, he knew he wasn't going to play much longer. Now, they were trying to defend the Super Bowl. They re-signed everybody. They had 22 starters coming back. So there wasn't like a lot of spots open when the season began. So what we're talking about is injuries. What we're talking about is did they do everything during the course of the season as things cropped up to try to fortify their roster? And my thing is the only thing I can point to is with Brady and his frustrations had to be the wide receiver room. Had to be. Because he had Mike Evans and he had Chris Godwin. He was good there. And Gronk, when he came back, was his third target. So you had the three guys, plus you had Leonard Fournette, who caught a lot of balls. So he had, you know, that was that was the majority of your offense right there. You know, those were your playmakers, okay? And then you'd sprinkle in a Cam Braid or, or, you know, some off receiver here in Tyler Johnson or whatever. That was fine. But once Godwin got hurt... Or once more, more importantly, once Brown got hurt. I mean, Brown got hurt in October against the Eagles, and he had a big game in that game. In fact, he won that game. Um, they were likely to turn the ball back over on downs, and he made a play, kind of a scramble drill. He got open, and they won the game. And he hurt his foot, so then he was out. He missed seven weeks. Okay, and yeah, three of those three of those games were because of the suspension for the fake vaccine vaccine card. But he wouldn't have played in two of those three games anyway. The Really, the one game he missed that he could have played in was a big one. It was the Saints game that they lost 9 to nothing, and they were trailing 6 to nothing until the end of the game. So, you know, if Antonio Brown plays that game, do they win? Eh, they might. They might. Because, you know, uh, in that game, that's when Godwin got hurt, Evans got hurt, Fournette got hurt. You know, they all went down within a succession of about 10 or 12 plays. And they couldn't score. If, if I'm Tom Brady and I'm dropping back against the New York Jets down 14 and I'm having to throw to Cyril Grayson for the, for the game winner, if I'm playing the Buffalo Bills in overtime and I have to find Brashard Perryman in overtime for the game winner, dude, that, that is not a Super Bowl winning type roster, right? Those are guys... You know, Grayson is a practice squad guy that didn't play at LSU. He was a track star. You know, Perriman had been cut. This is like his fourth team in two years. Um, and I'm not saying they're not NFL players. They are. And they made huge plays at big moments and good for them. But do you really think Tom Brady was thrilled that he's, he drops back and he looks around and that's who he's throwing to? I don't. Odell Beckham Jr. was available. Um, the Bucks had A.B. coming back. And I remember the famous quote by Bruce Arians. It's like, oh, well, you know, A.B., uh, you know, OBJ, too many initials. Too many initials. And, and Odell Beckham, by the way, was a free agent. He was cut loose. I think he signed a contract for the rest of the season for about $500,000 or less. 
He got bonus money making the Super Bowl and winning it of about $2 million. Who wouldn't want to put that in a guy's contract? Um, the other one that you could question is, should they have done more on defense? Um, Jason Pierre-Paul was never right as soon as he hurt his shoulder early in the season. He just wasn't. You know, he's playing with a torn labrum, which he just had, or a rotator cuff, which he just had surgery on. And you could see it. And, and yeah, they had Joe Tryon Shoinka, who was a rookie. They didn't play him right away uh, for the longest time. What if you'd have made the trade for Von Miller? Now, it costs the Rams a second and a third round pick. That's a lot. That's a lot, man, because you're renting the player. It, he, he was not, he's a free agent right now. You can go sign him right now. So you're going to you're going to give up that draft capital for a guy that you weren't going to have in 7 weeks. But you know what? It made all the difference for the Rams in my opinion. Like go back and watch the game the Bucks played them. They hit Tom Brady 17 times and Von Miller hits him 9. Okay? Sack fumble. Okay? So if I'm Tom Brady and I'm sitting back and going, "Huh. What's the difference between us and the Rams that we nearly beat that we came back from 24 points?" Might have been those guys, right? Might have, might have been the guys the Rams added and the Bucks did not. Um, so from that standpoint, I would agree that, you know, that might have frustrated Tom. But really, I mean, they did everything for this guy for two years that he asked. And I don't know that he asked for any more players, by the way. He may have been like, we're good here. I'm good with Grayson. I'm good with Brashard Perriman. I can, make, I can make this work. And he did, right? He, he, he hit those guys on, on game-ending plays. Um, and in comebacks. So, you know, but, but, you know, and I think it's funny too, Steve, is that, oh my God, Tom Brady didn't win a Super Bowl and now he's retired. He must be mad at the Bucs. He must be mad at somebody. Why, how did that become the narrative here? I, it's just weird to me, man. Well, I think it's because they see how well he played this year. Right, right. And so it's like, why would you retire if you're, great point. If you're playing that well? I mean, mm-hmm. led the NFL in passing. Yeah. Should have been the MVP. Absolutely. Uh, you know, took you to – brought you back from 24 points down in the divisional playoff round mm-hmm. to tie that game and had a shot to win it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, when you just see how well he's playing, it's hard yeah. for people to – I mean, you know, when you see Ben Roethlisberger and he can't play the same, or Drew Brees, yeah. you know, Peyton Manning at the end, you're going, okay, it's time for them to retire. They're not the mm-hmm. same quarterback. You can't say that with Tom Brady. And despite the fact he's 44, he might have been playing his best football of his career. Yeah, and so it's not... hard for people to just say the guy's ready to give it up. Mm-hmm. For Whether it's family, whether it's frustration, what, whatever it is, people want to put a blame on it. Yeah. We're a blame society, man. We, we, wanna, we, want some, a pint, we want a pound of flesh from somebody when things don't go your way. And, and, I, and, and all those things you say are absolutely correct. It makes sense to me um, that they would think that and why. It's also, you know, you also have to take a step back and go, he played 22 years. Well, <laughs> you know, like. The, but the same stories were coming out two years ago. Who true. was to blame for Brady leaving New England? That's true. Was that's it Bill fair. Belichick? Was it yeah? That's fair. Was it Robert Kraft? Was it you know any number of things? That's fair. You know, and sometimes people want to change. Sometimes they want to do. I mean, maybe there was reasons that led to it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I yeah, mean, well, the same stories two years ago was who's to blame for Brady leaving New England? Yeah, that's fair. And he had twenty years of equity there, and he still left. And and look, we know that things weren't all that great with him and Belichick. We know that Belichick 
they had an opportunity to sign Brady to an extension and didn't. And that's why he was a free agent, is that he didn't get the two-year $50 million deal, you know, extension at age 42. Um, and that's why he was out available. And, 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 you know, when they went up to New England and played the Patriots, there was a 20-minute sit-down. We had to sit there on deadline and wait for Bill Belichick, who went into the Bucks locker room. You ever heard of a head coach going into the opposing locker room for a regular season game and sitting with the quarterback for 20 minutes? No. Um, so there clearly was some issues and some you know airing of uh, of grievances there, um, and maybe there will be one day with the Bucks. I'm just not aware of them. I mean, I'm not saying they don't exist. I I think it's possible that he went out on top, that he went out on his own terms, that he didn't want to be Ben Roethlisberger one day. He didn't want to be Drew Brees one day. He didn't want to suck. He said it all the time. I'm not going to play if I suck, mm-hmm. right? Well, he didn't suck, and, he, and I think he could definitely play next year and maybe all the way to 50. I don't know. But he, you do got to give him the right to, to retire when he wants to retire, and it may not have as much to do with his dissatisfaction as it is it was time. Well, you and, know. and look, there's no doubt he can play. Oh, yeah. But we also know he isn't a guy that just shows up to training camp and starts working out. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, we know his routine and regimen in the offseason and how yeah, much he loves yeah. to throw in this, and maybe he's just ready to give it up. I mean, Yeah, it could be. You know, it's not like, you know, he takes the next six months off, shows up in August, and let's go play. And he's, <laughs> right. he's what he is. I mean, it's he's always been a guy that outworks everybody, that puts in the time. And, you know, and, and after 22 seasons of it, Maybe he's just ready for something else, you know. And and look, it's probably a combination of a lot of things. Were there things he was frustrated with this past season? Probably. Were there things he was frustrated for many seasons in New England? Probably. Remember, we know some. I mean, you know, I mean, how many people go to their job every day and never have any frustrations for right. twenty two years? Yeah, not me, and I've been around for yeah. thirty seven. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if if. If little frustrations caused him to retire, and I, I mean, does that all factor in the decision of do I want to go through this again? Sure, I'm sure it does. But yeah. he's also the kids and the wife and all mm-hmm. his other interests now, from his media company to his apparel brand mm-hmm. to, you know, yeah. he's ventured out to a lot of other things as well. So, I mean, these decisions aren't in a vacuum. One thing that happened this season probably didn't tip the scales. Did, d- does it all impact it? Sure, of course it does. I mean, decisions in your life every day that you make, you know, Mm -hmm. if people want to change jobs or do something different or try something. I mean, there's lots of things to factor in and not it's usually not one thing that that sways it one way or the other. It's a combination of a lot of different things. And if I had to put weight on one thing more than the other and I'm speculating entirely like everybody else, the weight I would put would lean towards it was time. Mm hmm. That, that he had done enough that his family demands were, and his business demands were increasing. His kids are getting older. You know, the time is the one thing you can't get back. You know, he could continue playing, and his kids are going to keep getting older, and they're going to keep being involved in things that he's not at, like basketball games and dance recitals and all of that. And he can't get that back if he plays. You just can't. He's missed stuff. I promise you he's missed a lot of stuff. Um, because of the way he immerses himself in the offseason as well as the regular season. But you can't get the time back. And so really, you know, he just decided to use his time doing other things, whether that's business, whether that's family, whatever. Um, He knows what – he said it in his statement. I know 
what a commitment I have to have. You know, I know the commitment I make to play, and I'm not willing to make that commitment. Other players who don't maybe make that commitment could maybe continue playing, but you know what? They wouldn't be Tom Brady. That's why he's still here because of the commitment he made. And he just wasn't willing to make it anymore. And I think, I think that I'd, I'd lean a lot more weight on that than I would any dissatisfaction that he may or may not have had with the way things went down at the end. And, and don't forget now, they won 14 games, okay? It wasn't as if things went really bad really fast. Um, you know, they just had a, a ton of injuries, especially on the offensive line at the end there that just got them. And I still say, you know, if not for a really poor play calling – on defense, if they get to overtime and win that game, they're hosting the 49ers. I think they win and go to the Super Bowl, and who knows? If the Cincinnati Bengals are there, they may beat them. I think they would have scored 30 points on the Bengals. So, you know, it's revisionist history now, but, you know, it wasn't like it was all bad all the time. It was just a tough, it was a tough year for sure. All right, Kennedy emailed, and this is kind of a long one, but he says along these lines, can multiple things be true in Brady's retirement? Can Bruce and the Bucks organization think everything was kosher while Tom privately started to have misgivings about one or more of the following? Antonio Brown's mid-game dismissal. Whatever happened to Cyril Grayson at the end of the season? Whatever went on with Devin White this year? Bruce Arians hitting the safety in the helmet probably didn't go well over in the locker room. And letting the Rams get Von Miller when JPP was playing with one arm. You add in the delay of getting Godwin back next season because of the ACL recovery and his wife wanting to retire for years now, it tipped the scales. He says, I get that Arians is a proud guy, but he looked clueless the whole end of the season. Unless they get a big-name quarterback, he thinks he'll check out this summer and turn it over to Byron, using his health as a justification to retire. Do you see that? That is a lot. Um, Okay, that's the end of our questions. Uh, Let me try to take this in layers. I think all of what he said, there could be an element of truth to it. Like we just said, uh, were there some privately, some misgivings? I do think the Antonio Brown thing bothered him. I don't think it bothered him uh, from, I mean, I think he probably understood it. Look, he was in the locker room and apparently Brown blew up in there at halftime in that Jets game because he wasn't getting the ball. And in a post as recently as yesterday that, that Antonio Brown took down uh, or two days ago, he said, he blamed Tom Brady. He said, you know, you said, you said, Tom said that he would throw me the ball if I came back and played hurt and I didn't see the bleep bleep ball, bleep you, bleep bleepers. And, you know, that kind of verified what Arians' take on the whole thing was, which is, hey, you didn't play because you were hurt. You played because you refused to go in. Uh, and you were mad at halftime and mad coming out in the second half that, that you weren't seeing the football, which was ridiculous because he had five targets. I think the most that anybody had in the first half of that game was Gronk with six. He's also going to the Hall of Fame. And, you know, in the week before, Tom targeted Brown 15 times and he caught 10 passes for 110 yards in his first game back off that injury. But I do think that Arians, whether it was a miscommunication or it was a a, I fired you on the field or whatever the hell happened there. And we know now that, you know, Mike Evans went over and told him not to do that because he knew where it was going to end. But when he when he goes over there and, and and says, "Well, you're done," or Arian says whatever he says about, "Well, you know, get out of here, you're done," or whatever, um, to have Brown create that spectacle, to have it become a story for weeks on end, but mostly, and this is the most important thing, 
he didn't have his receiver. You know, he needed Antonio Brown. They didn't have Chris Godwin. Mike Evans was on a pitch count. Uh, Burnett was on IR. They needed Antonio Brown. Tom Brady needed Antonio Brown. That's why he brought him in here eight weeks into the first season because Evans and Godwin were both playing hurt and weren't effective. He needed a guy. He got him. He helped them win a Super Bowl. He threw him a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. And, he, and then they brought him back because he felt he needed him again. They would be much stronger with Antonio Brown because the guy's an absolute freak when he gets out on the football field. Even at his 32 years old, he can rip it. And for Tom to not have Brown going into the playoffs, right, because he fired, he got fired or he got mad or whatever it went down, that could not have made Tom Brady's life any better. And then he throws all kinds of shade at Brady. And, you know, here's a guy that brought him in here and took him in and all that. And, you know, then Brown goes on podcasts and says, oh, he just wanted me to help him win a, win a championship. Yeah, he did. You're right. And now you're not there. And he brought you out of, you know, a suspension and, and put a ring on your finger and you rewarded him by those antics. But he, he probably was upset. The other stuff, Devin White, he doesn't have any control over. Um, you know, Bruce swiping the safety in the helmet to get him away from the pile. I, I don't know. You know, that's not a Belichickian move for sure. Um, we mentioned Vaughn Miller. As far as guys coming back, I've been told this by the Bucks is that Tom Brady has a really good relationship with Jason Light, really good relationship with Mike Greenberg, with, with Arians, believe it or not, and that he knows, he knows that if he wants to play, they will move heaven and earth. They will push any salary cap down the line that they can for future years. They will do all of it, all of it, to help him win if he wants to play. So I, I don't think there's any, any move they wouldn't make. Um, worried about Godwin's ACL? I, I don't know. I, look, I, I just think we're, we're trying to – yes, all of this could have been part of his, his dissatisfaction if that was the word. I don't know that he had any. I don't, I don't know that there were that many misgivings. And I think people are speculating. And again, kind of going back to the question before, I, I just think people want to know why. Why would a guy that talented, still playing that well, walk away? And the answers may not be, might be parts of all of this or maybe none of it, you know? Um, only Tom knows for sure. So... I mean, any season you can diagnose and say, boy, if they'd have done this, this, and this, they win the Super Bowl. But there's no guarantees, man. You know, like only one team can win. Only one. There's 31 teams that are dissatisfied with the way the season ended. Every year there are 31 teams. And there are 12 to 14 teams. Now it's, now it's probably less because of the expanded playoffs that want to change their coach and their quarterback. You know who those teams are? The ones that missed the playoffs. Almost every year. Um, that's just the National Football League. You know, that's, that's the league they play in. It's a good question, but I just, I, you know, like I said, those answers are 100% correct if you take them all individually and go, okay, this was part of it, but then there's this other part that only Brady and his family know. And we'll never know that part. All right, Boog tweeted us, if Tom Brady decides to play, when would he tell the Bucks? I would think at least quietly before free agency so they wouldn't waste time looking for quarterbacks instead of looking for weapons. It's a great question. I, I tend to think that the reason he told them when he did, if you think about it, not much time went by after the season. 
at all, okay, um, before the Jason Lockham 4 report. Now, I think that that probably sped up the timetable a little bit on Tom. I'm not sure. He obviously wasn't prepared to make the announcement. Um, and then Adam Schefter over the weekend, 20 hours after Jason Lockham 4 tweeted something similar, Adam Schefter confirmed it, right, um, him and Jeff Darlington. And then there was a little time that Monday night podcast, oh, I haven't decided yet. And then by the next Tuesday morning, you know, here comes the nine-page, you know, retirement letter. Um, and I think I think the the goal, and, and, and really he did this in fairness to the Bucks. and I've talked to Bruce about this. Tom wanted them to know and know as soon as possible when he knew that he wasn't playing so that when free agency started, they could pursue a quarterback. When the draft came around, they would examine quarterbacks. And I don't think they're going to draft one. They're picking 27th. But I think I think he let them know now that he's not playing and to go forward and, and, and make plans because he doesn't plan to be here. And, and he wasn't going to drag that out. He could have – there was no – you know, look, he's on the roster and he's going to stay on the roster. And he'll be there – after June 1st, they're going to wait. He right now is an active player. He has a contract. He can't. He can only be traded. Um, and they're going to wait till after June 1st because they can move the 32 million dollars of dead money. Um, you can split it up, and there'll be eight million dollars on the cap this year for 2022, and, and 24 million for 2023. But he's still a Buccaneer. They still own his rights. They just put him on a reserve retired list. So at any point, he could come back and say, you know what? I want to play after all, and they'd be thrilled, right? Unless they're able to give up, you know, three years of first-round picks and, and lure another quarterback like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson if the owners agreed. Then then if Brady wants to play, I think at that point he's going to be released. And that's the conspiracy theory that so many people have. Aha, this is his play. He told them so they would get a quarterback – and then right before training camp, he's going to swing around. He wants to play, but he wants to play in San Francisco or someplace, right? Um, and I could that happen? Yeah. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I really don't. And I don't know. If I'm Tom Brady, and he kind of had that podcast, he went on to the barbershop thing. But if I'm Tom Brady and I was a free agent coming out of New England after 20 years and six Super Bowls wins, and my my representative called the 49ers. And yes, they had just been to a Super Bowl and lost in part because Garoppolo couldn't hit a wide open receiver in the fourth quarter. Couldn't hit a barn in the fourth quarter. He went three of 11. Lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. If, if I called them after that organization had passed me in the draft, drafted Gio Carmazzi, right? I've always been a Niner fan. I grew up in San Mateo and, and I'm a free agent. And I Tom Brady's representative calls you and says, I want to play there. And granted, they had Garoppolo, and if they traded him, it was going to be a huge cap hit. All of that stuff, right? All of it. All right? But you told me no again? Like, this was your last bite of the apple, right? Like, dude, I'm a free agent. It costs you nothing. No draft capital at all. All you have to do is say yes, and I'm coming home. To put on that 49er helmet and uniform like I was a little kid and you know be part of that legacy with Montana and Young... That's what he wanted to do, was willing to do. Even with his son in New York, he was willing to do that. That's the one place they reached out and said, hey, what about us? What about me? And they had a discussion about it. 
And John Lynch thought hard and long about it. And Kyle Shanahan, and they decided, you know what? We really like Jimmy. He's a younger guy. Not so sure about Tom at 43 at that time. Yeah, we're just a, we're, we're going to pass. Do you think Tom Brady would give them another shot? Do you think Tom Brady w- or or would he say, you know what? Uh, never again. I'm not coming to you with hat in hand and you're trading Garoppolo because he stinks like I knew he did. And you're sitting there with Trey Lance, who we don't know can play, and you gave up three first-round picks, but he's a young guy. I'm going to come to you again so you can tell me no again. I, I could make a case that the last team he would play for is the 49ers at this point. He gave them a shot, right? Maybe so, he'll go to Arizona when they trade Kyler Murray <laughs> in the division. There you go. Or replace that would Russell be more, after they trade Russell Wilson to sign in Seattle. That's right. That would be more. That would be a better thing for Tom because then he could kick their butts. Absolutely. That's that's the way he thinks. Tom Brady. You know they say this about Joe Cool, right? Joe Burrow. He wants to take your soul. Tom Brady's been taking souls for a long time, <laughs> and he takes numbers and he. There's no bigger chip on anybody's shoulder pad than Tom Brady. You know, I think he uses that as fire. And the last thing I think he would do is is say, "Yeah, you know what? All's forgiven. You didn't want me two years ago. I won a Super Bowl. You know what? How about now?" And then they tell him no again. Nah, that ain't happening. I don't think. Hey, folks, we finally reached the weekend. That's right. It's the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, presented by RP Funding. It happens this weekend, February 25th through the 27th. You got that beautiful 1.8-mile, 14-turn configuration of a track that goes through the streets of St. Petersburg. It winds through Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center of the Arts, the Daly Museum, and, of course, extends all the way onto the runways where that grandstand is at Albert Witted Airport. For race information and tickets, here's what you do. Visit gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, Joe tweeted, Rick, if the Bucks somehow knew that Tom Brady would play another year, if Byron Leftwich took over as head coach, do you think they would have moved on from Arians? And if Bruce retired, do you think Tom Brady might have returned? Yeah, I don't, you know, again, it's, it's more kind of speculative. Um, I mean, that, that assumes, if we were to assume that his problem was Bruce Arians and the Bucks knew it, right? So the question is, if that were the scenario, would the Bucks have moved on from Bruce and given Byron Leftwich the head coaching job and then Tom comes back? I think if, if Bruce, if, if you approach Bruce with that information, you said, listen, Bruce, Buddy, we love you. Um, you're going to be 70 next year. Tom will only play if you're not the head coach. He'll play for Byron Leftwich. Now, that would be a tough pill to swallow if you're Bruce Arians, right? Since you brought in all these coaches and you made Byron Leftwich what he is. 
But if if it came, if it really like if that were really true, if something if that conversation were to occur in our hypothetical world of uh, mailbag, I think at that point Bruce would probably say, you know what, I'm good. I don't want to mess this franchise up. If that's Tom's demands and they can have Tom Brady for another year, I'm not going to stand in the way. Um, the Bucks win because they get Brady back. I win because one of my guys gets to be the head coach of the Bucks. The staff gets to stay together. I think if that were the scenario, and it's completely BS, but if that were the scenario, I can't imagine that Bruce would, would say, well, the heck with Brady. I'm the head coach here. Maybe he would because he's got a pride and ego too. Um, but we all admit that he's closer to the end than the beginning. I mean, uh, whether it's this year, this year, and next year, within the next two or three years, there's not Bruce Arians not going to coach, right? He's going to be seventy next October third. I don't know that he's going to coach beyond that very much. But and the other part of it is, you know, he he none of those guys got hired. I mean, the, you know, the fact is is that that Bruce has his entire staff intact, with the exception of you know Mike Caldwell. Uh, and Cody Grimm. And so all three coordinators are back. And he can still, you know, doesn't have to do scripts, ride around in his golf cart, you know, get out of there by five, whatever, uh, and and be the same sort of arrangement that he's had. So there's no real incentive for Bruce to walk away unless his health got so bad. And I know he had the Achilles thing, and I asked him the other day how it was doing. He says it's doing better. He's played a couple rounds of golf. He said he stunk, but he's, you know, he's out there um, trying to avoid surgery at all costs. Um, really, and it was the Achilles, and he got about, had about a COVID last year, um, which you know sent him down for about a week. Uh, but he but he battled through that. I, I actually think you know he he lost forty five pounds. That's how he got hurt in the first place. Was running on that underwater treadmill. I I think Bruce plans to keep going. It's a pretty good gig if you think about it. Would you like to make seven eight million dollars a year, um, being the head coach of the Bucks, where the heavy lifting is done by guys like Todd Bowles? and Byron Leftwich, and then you got that great staff around you of all those coaches, and you coach the coaches. They know what to expect. Some of them have been with you for 30 years, and you get to set the tone for the organization and for the team and, and have some say on the you know game planning and play calling and stuff. Like It's the perfect job for a guy that's coached 40 years you know, and knows what it's supposed to look like. So I, I don't. I don't know why he would walk away, but under the scenario you ask, if you're asking me, Tom Brady goes to Jason Light and says, I will only play if I don't think Bruce Arians stands in the way. If it were true. It's a complete hypothetical and it's not true, but I I think Bruce is interested in winning. Um, Surely he'd like to be coach and and plans on being. Um, and and I also, you know, let's be honest, Tom Brady would never say that, right? Tom Brady would never give an ultimatum Mm-mm. on coaching to an organization. He would just simply go to another team if he didn't like who the head coach was, which is what I think he did in New England. <laughs> I think he had enough of Belichick. So, All right, we'll switch gears up a little bit here. We'll stay with the Bucks. but Michael tweeted, after focusing on improving special teams play last offseason, are the Bucks happy with their progress? No, I thought special teams at times took a real step back. Um, you know, I mean, where do you start, right? When you talk about Ryan Suckup, he wasn't as good as he was the year before. Um, you know, Bradley Pinion had a terrible year, and I think he was battling some injuries, but and he missed the game 
or two, but he 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 started out okay, and he was he was just not good. You know, for a guy you're paying almost three three million dollars to, he was not good. Their kick return game with Jalen Darden was abysmal. You know, they, Rick Goslin, I think, who used to work for the Dallas Morning News, and now he has this thing, the Talk Up Aim Network or whatever. He ranks special teams units every year, and the Bucks did not trade well at all in that thing. And I think, you know, I think they tried. I think, you know, drafting Darden in the fifth round and here was a guy that has, you know, ridiculous speed. And it takes more than speed, though, man. It, if all you had to be as a kick returner was fast, there'd be a track guy out there every week, you know. Um, you just go to the 4 by 4 relay team and pay a guy a bunch of money. That's just not what the game is, you know. Like, you got you to gotta be willing to hit it up in there and get blasted a few times. And, you know, I, I don't think they blocked very well. Um, I don't think they covered very well. I thought overall it was a really bad year on special teams. And, you know, sometimes what happens is when you have injuries – and JPP is not playing. And maybe Joe Tryon's a really good special teams player, which he is. Now Joe Tryon has to start. I can't rep Joe Tryon on all the special teams that he would play if he were a backup. So now, you know, the more injuries you have, some of your top special teams players are now starting for your defense or your offense. And, you know, they may they may rotate in there a few, few special teams, but they, you can't play them the whole game. You can't play them you know, every play on defense or every play on offense and then every play the 20-something snaps on special teams. So then you're then you're reaching down into your roster or guys that have just you picked up off the street to kind of backfill. And I think that's what happened last year. I think, you know, they had so many starters out at different times that I think, you know, the guys that had to fill in, they, they, they lost them on teams at times. And I think it really hurt them. But that's got to be an emphasis this year. It has to be. Um, they they get beat every week, you know. And I mean, suck up, you know. Was he's you know he wasn't missing like Matt Gay did in his rookie year or anything like that. I didn't think he was as good. The punting though was not good. It was bad all year, except for the first five or six games. And I don't know what they're going to do because they still owe Pinion a ton of money. You know, I don't think they're going to cut him, but they have to get better. They, that's a that's a great area of improvement that they need to make. All right, we'll end on this one today, and we have lots more mailbag questions, so we'll do more tomorrow. And if you have more, please send them in to at SportsDayTV on Twitter or at NFL Stroud on Twitter or rstroud at tampabay.com. But Michael had uh, tweeted a second question. He goes, do you see other teams going all in and giving up seven years of first-round draft picks like the Rams did this year? I think it could be a trend for the right guy. I mean, you know – you you spend a, a, a lot of draft capital trying to chase mistakes in this league, right? Um, you know, <laughs> drafting quarterbacks is an inexact science, and I'm going to use a high first-round pick. I'm going to spend three or four years trying to develop a guy, and he's a bust. And I've had a bunch of other draft picks trying to support the guy I was trying to develop. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no more important position than quarterback. There's just not. I mean, coach quarterback league. And so if you're asking me, you know, would I give up years and years of first-round picks to have Russell Wilson? Yeah, I would. Colin Coward, I was on his show the other day, and he, he suggested this. And I don't 
It does, he goes, do I sound crazy? And I'm thinking, no, you don't. What he said was, and I thought it was an interesting way to package a deal. He's like, I would give the Seahawks, not that they'll trade them, but if, but if, if it came to it, I would go to the Seahawks and say, I will give you my first-round pick every year that Russell Wilson is with this team. So if he's with us four years, you get it for the next four years, you got our first-round pick. If it's five years, for the next five years, you get our first-round pick. Makes sense to me. Sounds crazy, but it makes total sense to me. If I don't have to chase the franchise quarterback and I can just build around him through free agency and what's left of the draft... I'd give up a first-rounder every year for that because without that guy, I can't get to the playoffs. And I'm, I'm at the bottom of the draft thing. You know, If I have the guy and we win the division every year and maybe win a Super Bowl, guess what? That first-round pick is 32nd, 31st, 30th. What do I care? Bottom of the first round, 50% bust rate for all first-rounders, all of them, and I'm at the bottom – yeah, you can take my 30th pick every year that he's playing starting quarterback for me, and I'm winning and going to the Super Bowls. I think it makes sense. Hey, folks, we finally reached. This is the weekend, the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, presented by RP Funding. It's happening February 25th through the 27th. It really kicks off Florida's spring break season with some high-speed excitement for race information and tickets. Go to gpstpete.com gpstpete.com another race in season starts in St. Petersburg that's a lot of S's a lot of alliteration for an anxious anchor as they say on broadcast news um, anyway thanks for your questions we got a ton of more that we will get to tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week um, send them in as you as you like uh, I'm sure there's there's more on the, the lightning and the rays and things like that hopefully baseball yep. will get started so appreciate you guys listening for Steve Versnick I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times have a great day everybody 